Welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast, guys. It is your boy, Alberto Mendoza. Today, I am joined with Enrico. He is a social media strategist, content creator, and all-around AG when it comes to social media, man. Enrico, uh, it's a pleasure having you, man. I appreciate it, man. Alberto, thank you so much. Awesome, dude. So, Enrico, let's let's get straight to the meat and potatoes of this, man. Tell me who you are, what are you about, and uh, why are you so into social media? I appreciate that. Long about way, I am a 97% Italian. Yes, it's fact check because I did a 23andMe test who has an unhealthy obsession for content, caffeine, and aviation. And that's a small nutshell of myself. And why I'm so passionate and why, I'm, why am I so into this social media thing? Simply because, and I know it's going to sound possibly extreme, but like quite literally saved my life. And the reason I love social media so much is because I use it as an outlet. I use it, I used it as a way to get me out of being a pediatrician and getting out of doing something that was going to be for my father. And we can get into the whole story behind it. And the reason I wanted to leave being a pediatrician was because I saw a piece of content from Gary Vaynerchuk that said, I would rather you spend the next two to three years not pleasing your parents doing what you want to do versus the next 80 years resenting them because you did what they want you to do. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because at the time, like I mentioned, I was looking to become a pediatrician. I was going to DePaul, which is funny. I'm wearing the sweatshirt right now. And I realized I don't want to do this anymore. And it was becoming more of my father's thing more than mine. And it's just crazy that a piece of content on social media from some guy I knew nothing about, but I loved his energy. And I knew that he loved the New York Jets and wine and cursing and all these things and lived in New York City was telling me, or, and not just telling me, but was giving me the permission to leave. Not just leave, but kind of leave an old identity behind. And that was really the catapult because up until then, like I said, I was doing it for my father and I was morphing this identity of, I guess, what he wanted me to be. And I didn't even know who Enrico wanted to be but I knew what I didn't want to be anymore. And that was the pediatrician part. And within that whole realm, it was, like I said, it saved my life because I dropped pedi being a pediatrician and after my first year, and then I had a default to a communications major. And after that, it was like, okay, well, now what am I going to do? Right. Mind you, my father came to this country with $2,000. He's an entrepreneur. And he was like, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I don't know but I'll figure it out. That was, it's always been my mindset is I'm like, I don't know, but I will figure it out. And I feel like this, this is, is very, coming, it's very similar yeah. with like immigrant parents. Like when they come to the U S their, their ultimate goal is for their kid to go to university. And then from there, get a safe job essentially. Yeah. And to make it right. Because it's like, I came to this country for you to have this life. And now here you are telling me, that you don't want to do this doctor thing because of someone on social media, right? It, it, it sounds weird when you hear it, when you say it out loud, but it's true from an immigrant family. It's like, it, it's a new thing. And at the time I dropped it, I was literally trying to figure out, I'm like, who am I? What am I going to do? And I hit a real, real low point in my life because like I said, everything up until that point was the identity of Enrico is going to be a doctor. Everything. My father's Friends knew it. My entire family knew it. Mind you, I am the oldest child amongst my father and mother's side. Like, I am the first grandchild. I'm the first nephew. I'm the first son. Like, all of it. 
And standard, the standard here, is high then <laughs> a lot of pressure. Right. But yet here I am being like, no, I don't want to and going against everything. And it's like, that's a scary thing. And th- then it's like, you know, whenever people come up to you, it's like, well, Enrico, how's, how's it becoming a doctor? And I'm like, first of all, I'm like 19, right? I'm 19. And I'm like, I have so many more years to go, but it's like, yeah, it's going great. You know, and to tell them I don't want to do it anymore. It's a really, it's a really tough thing. Right. So like I mentioned during that time, I was just in a really low point in my head and I was just like, I don't know who I am anymore. And I was just like, I feel as if no matter what I do, I won't be able to please my father. I feel like he'll always be upset at me. I feel like he'll always be mad at me and just look at me differently. Not that he's going to like disown me as a son, but he won't look at me the same as, well, you could have been Enrico the doctor. And now here you are like Enrico the disappointment. Right. And that was always the mindset that I, that I had during that time. And a long about way of, I attempted suicide at that point because I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to even fathom try, trying to have to live up to an expectation because I'm like, no matter what I will do, it just won't be enough. Right. And that's why I have this tattoo on my wrist that says Forza, which means strength in Italian. And it was a real low point for me because I'm like, well, you know what? I don't know what I want to do, which is fine, but I definitely know what I what I don't want, right? I don't know what the future holds, but I know what my past that's in the past, for lack of a better term. And it was that moment where I'm like, cool, now what do you do? Right. And fitness for me was a really big thing. Fitness for me was a really big anchor point. I love going to the gym. I would skip class to go to the gym. And not even just that, but filming, making videos. And I would start making videos on Snapchat on my phone because I'm like, I just want to help people with fitness. I just want to help people with giving them tips and and tricks and and whatnot, right? What year and is this? So this was around 2017. Okay. Yep. And it's 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 so crazy to say that because I'm like, man, that was it feels like just yesterday. And I'm like, we're almost in 2024. I'm like, what the heck? Crazy. So <clears throat> excuse me, around that time, um, like I mentioned, I was making Snapchat videos and I was working at my school's gym because that was something where I'm like, I loved the environment here and just making some money. And girlfriend at the time was like, why don't you start a YouTube channel? Great idea. I'm going to do that, right? That weekend, I literally took whatever money I had made from my school's gym. I went and bought a GoPro. And if you look on my YouTube channel, my first ever videos are filmed on a GoPro. I I don't want to say that they're terrible because at the time, that's what I knew how to do. I was watching people like Casey Neistat. I was watching people like Christian Guzman, who's a large pillar in the fitness space, Max Tuning. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I, I love the way that these people film. And I just, I, I just, I resonated with them. I started watching Gary Vaynerchuk more and I'm like, damn, like they did it right. Like Christian left TCU, Casey left high school, but he had to, cause he, he had a child and he had to, you know, find a way to do it. But I'm like, all these people that I attach myself to, I'm like, they're really similar to me because they figured out a way. Right. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. And for the first time ever, I'm like, I feel like I found somewhere I belong, even though I knew I, I didn't even know these people, but I'm like, I love this. I'm like, I love this opportunity, this wild, wild west of social media to be able to connect people that I have, that I know nothing about, but yet I know everything about at the same time. And I'm like, that's cool to me. And those are people are, are giving me the permission and the push to keep going. And I learned the real power of this when I 
enrolled, if we want to say that, I submitted to become um, a contestant in the summer shredding competition, Christian Guzman's first ever um, summer shredding competition. So for lack of a better term, that was a, that was his first ever one, the first, first ever one in his old, old gym in Houston. When, and and for for anyone listening, that was a three-month competition to where March to June, you would do a 90-day like diet cut to get in the best shape possible to get like shredded for the summer. Right. That's a pretty short and period he, to shred like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And it was, it was intense. It was aggressive. Right. And at the end of it, you would go to his gym in Houston to do a big meetup to meet with everyone else who was just shredded and whatnot. Right. And it was cool because that was the one thing I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I, I think I dropped like 20, I think like 23, 25 pounds on like that. It was Damn. cool, but I'm like, I really committed to it. And I really, I, I really like leaned into everything on social and I was just like loving all, all the people that I, I found and like the, the try the community started building, like all the people that were around Christian. And, um, you know, I was watching more of Casey and learning how he filmed and I was doing the same thing myself. Like during that whole period, I literally would leave class to go film a time-lapse for my vlog that like 10 people were watching, but I loved it. Right. I'm like, if I were to leave chemistry lab, trying to be a doctor because I want to go film a time-lapse, my professor would be like, you're a fucking idiot. Right. But I'm like, I'm in, I'm in some communications major now that I'm like, I don't give a shit about this. I really don't care. I'm like, you're going to teach me something in Adobe premiere. I'm like, screw you. I've learned so much more from Casey Neistat on YouTube. Right. And I'm like, he, I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I would skip class to go film B-rolls for a vlog time-lapses of Chicago. Cause I'm like, that's what I want to do. And I want to tell a story and I, and I loved it. It was an outlet for me. And, and time lapses back then you had to do it super manual. It's not how it is like right now. Like you could put an iPhone for 10, 15 minutes and you have a time lapse. No, you had to like be there for hours. Yeah. You, you, had, to, you had to like sit there. Right. And it, it was cool because I'm like, I just, I, I loved it. Uh, long about way at the end of the 90 days, I flew down to Houston and I met, I met Christian and I met the whole like alpha league crew, all the fitness people that I had followed. And I met someone specifically by the name of, by the man, a man named Zach Rushlow, who on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube is the flexible dieting lifestyle. Zach makes macro-friendly recipes for people that are trying to hit their calories and hit, you know, high protein diets and put a spin on it and his own flair, if you want to call it on, let's say a popular style, like a, uh, like a, uh, Taco Bell, um, what are those like those tostada whatever you want to call it like yeah, he does stuff roll, like that cr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Cr- crunch wrap supreme like he puts his own on it but it's high protein low calorie right so i met him there because again by proxy of just being on social media and everything and i'm like hey man i'm a big fan yada yada we connected and he's like hey man shoot me a dm i'll send you like a free cookbook of mine i'm like cool awesome and i'm like this is super cool i'm like i literally met someone in person i met christian for the first time like this is so wild to me right all the all it was still so wild to me and I went, I flew back home, went back to Chicago and a week two after I had to get hip surgery because I tore my hip labral while I was squatting. And I had done this a year prior. And the reason I held off so long was because I'm like, oh, I'll just do therapy. It'll get better. It'll get better. But it just got to a point where even walking for like five minutes was just killing me. And so I had to get that done. And there's a reason why that's important. So I get the surgery done two weeks after surgery, Zach, who had just met in Houston, put on his Instagram story. He's like, I'm looking for a videographer to fly with me to Los Angeles for five days to film some content, edit and, and hang out. I'm in no place to be traveling. I should not even be 
entertaining this. I I I I should not even be on a plane. I should not even. I'm not even allowed to be in a car for longer than five minutes. I responded. I'm like, hey man, I'd love the opportunity. Let me know. Mind you, this is also Enrico who was filming on a GoPro who had just gotten a brand new Canon T5i. I'm like, I'm not a videographer, but I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, why not? And he responded. He's like, hey man, why should I choose you? There's two other people ahead of me or ahead of you that have far more experience. Why should I choose you? I'm like, well, that's fair. I understand that. I said, I'll work harder than both of them combined. And he's like, okay, can you find a flight to LA in, in two days? I'm like, yep. So that day, booked a ticket and I flew to LA with two crutches and a a brace on my on my hip, like two weeks post-surgery. And I'm assuming he doesn't I know had, about this, right? No, he doesn't know about it either. <laughs> because I'm like, you, you know why? Because I didn't want that to be a limiting factor. I didn't want to tell him that because I'm like, you know what? If I, I, I literally told my parents, I said, if I re-tear my hip, I'm fine. You know what? I, I, I can't recreate this opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm fine to tear my hip again if, that, if that's the case. I don't care. And, and he didn't know about this. And it's funny because I've never actually said this part. When I arrived there, I shuttled to uh, a rental car place called Sixt. I'm sure you know. It's like the orange rental car place, S-I-X-T. And I was waiting there because like, hey, man, I'll be there soon, whatever. And he sees me. He's like, bro, are you okay? Like, what happened? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, I, I had hip surgery two weeks ago. I'm like, it, it's fine. It's not a big deal. He's like, no, 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 dude. Like, are you, sh- are you sure you're okay? I'm like, yes. I'm like, I'm fine. I'll be okay. Mind you, my whole time filming with him, I was in so much fucking pain. But I was like, but you know what it was? It, it, it was almost like an adrenaline shot because I was like, this is so cool. I'm like, I don't even care about the pain in my hip. I, I'll deal with it later. I just like kept popping Advil's to like deal with the pain. But I'm like, I want to be, in, I have to take this opportunity. Like we got to film with uh, Jamie Hagia, who was a former CrossFit athlete, um, Fam Flex, who was the owner of LiveFit. Um, and like we filmed with so many cool people, right? And that was a five-day stint. And after that, went back home and did some filming and like did some of the editing of the stuff that we filmed. And after he reached out to me and he's like, Hey man, do you want to come with me to a trip in Indiana? This part I've actually never told anyone. And that was to film at the time. Her name was Taylor Chamberlain, who on social media right now, she's like Taylor Dilk, who is the owner of balance of, uh, of like balance athletics, athletes or whatever it is. And to film her and her husband who lived in Indiana at the time. And that was the first time where I'm like, wow, I'm like actually being Zach's videographer now. Right. And what's even cooler is a month after that, he's like, Hey man, do you want to move to Austin, Texas with me? And I'm like, yep. And I left school with one year left. Mind you, I was going to graduate as a communications major. I left school with one year left and I moved down to Austin, Texas, drove from Chicago to Texas. And I moved with Zach for the next year. And that turned into an opportunity to work with him for the next year. And during that opportunity, I met someone by the name of Jordan Syatt at a Los Angeles Pencils of Promise event while I was with Zach. It was hosted by Lewis House. And I knew Jordan at the time as Gary V's coach. Like he was Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer. I didn't know him as Jordan Syatt, right? And the reason that's important is because after my time with Zach, I had moved back home to Chicago, did some like more freelance stuff and because it was like for, for a year. And Jordan in 2018 
was looking for a videographer. And he put on his Instagram story. He's like, looking for a videographer um, for XYZ, whatever. I responded because I'm like, we connected. I'm like, I know him, yada, yada. I've worked with Zach. I'm like, I have an in a little bit, right? And he's like, hey, bro, there's someone ahead of you. If it doesn't work out in the next 90 days, I'll call you. I'm like, okay, fair. And this was September. Didn't work out at all because I'm on the Stairmaster at my gym, Lifetime Fitness in Schaumburg, Illinois. And I see on my phone, it says Jordan Syed. I'm like, what the fuck is he calling me for? I'm like, I'm like, what is he calling me for? I'm, I'm like, I'm out of breath. And it's like, it's like November, it's like November, December right now. I'm like out of breath. I'm like gassed. I'm like, hey man. I'm like, what's up? He's like, he's like, what are you doing? Are you doing cardio right now? I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm good. You know? He's like, do you want to like call me back? I'm like, no. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, you want to move to New York City? I'm like, yep. He's like, he's like, do you? He's like, dude, you you could think about it. Like, you don't have to say yes right now. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's do it. I'm like, let's do it. Like, don't ask again. I'm done. Let's do it. He's like, okay. So two weeks at two weeks literally after that, I flew to New York City for the first time in my life and hung out with him for a weekend just to kind of get to know each other. Two weeks after that quick little hangout, I moved entire life with two suitcases and flew there to a Chinatown apartment that I moved into, which was sketchy, with six other roommates and worked for Jordan for the next two years. And what's really cool, man, and why I love social media so much is the moment I met Gary Vaynerchuk at his apartment, at his home in his gym. I'm like, this is fucking cool. I literally looked at him and I'm like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I'm like, I wouldn't be here filming you for a workout in your apartment if it wasn't for you. And I don't think he would understand. I mean, I'm sure he would understand the magnitude of it, but I'm just like, I, 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 I didn't even look at him in awe. Cause I'm like, I know you so well, but I'm just like, I don't even know if thank you were the right words because he came out. And when I saw him for the first time, he's like, sup bro. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> sounds like him. <laughs> okay. Right. And he like, he like daps you up all cool. And I'm like, yeah, we're like that. Okay, cool. You know, but it was just like, wow, this social media shit's cool. You know? And obviously after my time working with Jordan, I moved on to doing my own thing now, right? Where I help people with social and strategy and essentially like helping build up more Jordans, right? And it's it's just, I don't even know. I, I, I feel like just the, the way I told that, I've, I've never like told it in that regard. Um, it's just a really cool full circle moment. Social media is so powerful. One thing you said that really stuck with me is social media isn't toxic. You are. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Because so many people, they're on social media and they're like, ah, oh, it's so toxic, right? All the people that are like, ah, oh, like social media is just so, like Instagram is so toxic and YouTube is so toxic. And I'm like, listen, Becky, you're toxic. It's not the platform that's toxic. You know what it is? It's the behavior you bring to it. Anything is toxic. So as long as your behavior is. Right. Cause there's so many people that are like, oh, the fitness industry is so toxic. Oh, diet culture is so toxic. You're fucking toxic. And I say that with conviction because if your attitude is the same to everything and you approach it the exact same way, of course it's always going to be toxic because it's how you view it. It's because that's how your brain works. And unfortunately, if you don't rewire it, you're going to see everything as toxic. Everything. And that's not just targeted to Becky. This is like targeted to, I don't know, Mike 
whoever want to want to target to, but like anyone that's like, oh, social is just so toxic. It's not. You find what you're looking for. And oh, by the way, these platforms, these algorithms, they're smart, meaning they know what you're interested in. And if you're like, well, I don't like, I don't actually like the content or I engage with it. Yeah, but you watch it. Or if you consume it even a little bit, it still tracks it. And even if you think it's toxic, you're still consuming it, right? You think so-and-so is toxic on social media. Why do you follow them? Right? Well, then it's like, hang on. Well, you, you, hang on. You know, one of my favorite arguments, man, I actually put this up the other day. I'm like, it's so interesting because people are just so quick to like, oh, just, just block that person, unfollow them. And I'm like, what about you? I'm like, why, why is it okay to just block people and unfollow them? Oh, they're just so bad and so toxic. I'm like, I bet if it was just one conversation you had with them, there'd be no issue at all. And oh, by the way, I bet if you stop comparing yourself because you're so fucking unhappy and insecure with your own life, you wouldn't look at them as toxic or as a bad person. And you look at yourself of like, man, I wouldn't even follow me, right? So stop looking at everyone else as like toxic and start looking at your own behavior and how you use social media. Because oh, by the way, social media is a tool. You can either let it use you or you can use it. Facts. No, I totally agree because I... I'm on the same boat as you where I love social media. Um, could it be a slippery slope? Sure, it can be. But just like anything else, uh, drugs, alcohol, or freaking just partying, whatever, as long as you keep in moderation, I like, I am, if you see my, if you see like my um, explore feed, it's literally camera gear stuff, filmmaking stuff, BTS stuff, um, soccer, and health stuff. Like that's all I, that's all I see. And that's because I, program it to just see that kind of content and if there's a, if there's something that i'm not interested three dots show me less of this you're good it's like it's it's you could you could literally arrange how you want to consume your social media yeah i agree i i think our explore feeds are the same i'm definitely with you on the soccer stuff camera stuff yep that's there too um i feel like we could have a whole other podcast on <laughs> soccer alone you're a real madrid fan right I'm a Real Madrid fan. Yes. I'm also a Man City fan. I should have worn my Man City sweatshirt, but oh, um, yes, I am. I am a Real Madrid fan. It's cool. I actually saw that. This is a weird thing. I saw Real Madrid play Barcelona in Dallas at Cowboy Stadium. I saw that. And that was the first time I saw a, football, a soccer match in a football stadium. And the home team that plays in that football stadium, I haven't even seen them play. Like I haven't even seen the Cowboys play. Uh, the next step is to go to Europe and actually watch these matches because I, I had the opportunity to watch last season's Champions League game, Man City versus Real Madrid at the Bernabeu, and oh. it was orgasmic, man. <laughs> yes, I think I just felt the same thing too. I'm yeah. like, I, I want to know that experience. Th that Kevin De Bruyne goal was insane. That Vinny Junior oh, goal was man. insane. Uh, the, the crowd there, the atmosphere is just a different level. I always yeah. say, I know we're going off topic right now, but like I always say, no U.S. sports can touch like a soccer European atmosphere. The closest to it is probably a college football game, but in the South, like an Alabama or an LSU kind of thing. That's the closest that it could reach as far as like atmosphere goes. Because it's part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, Agreed. I don't want to get too far. Um, when did you have the switch where you're like, hey, maybe I could start teaching social media tips to everyone? That is a phenomenal question because... Like most people, I had imposter syndrome, if you want to call it, but I was just really scared to even just do that, right? And this was after my time working with Jordan, where, oh, by the way, for two years, I was losing people. Like I was losing audience. All at the same time while teaching people how to grow an audience, 
I'm losing audience. And I'm like, who am I to teach this? Because at the same time, right? Because I'm like, hang on, I, I've done this for large people, but if I can't do it for myself, people aren't going to take me seriously, right? And mind you, this was for two years. And it wasn't until last year that I started really escalating on social everywhere. And it was through those times where I'm like, well, I have two alternatives, quit or post through it, right? I'm like, I know what I, I, know what I want to talk about, but maybe I need to work on the packaging of it. Maybe I need to figure that out better. And I did, but I had to go through the periods of like, I just, I, I'm, I'm just kind of losing audience. I'm reworking audience. I'm trying to get the right eyeballs now. And it's going to, it's going to suck. Right. Because I know a lot of people, they know their stuff. Right. And it might take two years for it to click for someone. It might take one video for it to click for everyone, whatever that is. But when I realized I want to start teaching it, I realized it because I'm like, I'm more than just a videographer and editor. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm more than that because I'm, I, I enjoy being in front of the camera. I enjoy like what you see on right here. Like I'm not a different person when the, when we're done with this podcast, I'm the exact same person. Like I have the exact same energy. I talk about, I have the same passion for everything. Cause that's just how I live my life. Like, I don't know how to be anyone else. That's why Gary V and I are the exact same. Like we, it's you guys sound we so similar. It's insane. <laughs> to be but fair. In, in a good way, uh, in a good way though. His other personal trainer, small tangent, Mike Vacanti ran a personality test on both of us. And we scored the exact same, which is funny to know. So that's a funny little tidbit, but I just, I have that energy because I'm, I'm genuinely just passionate about this stuff. And the reason I realized I wanted to teach it more was because I, I looked at myself as I'm like, I have so much more room to grow. This is something that's a new territory for me. I know the video side, I know the editing side. I'm like, I want to actually learn, like teach myself to teach this better. Right. And it was something that was, like I said, it was new for me, but I wanted to, I wanted that challenge because I looked at that as other people need help with this. I have the knowledge on it. I just got to get better at packaging it. I have to get better at speaking my message better. I have the energy. I have the passion. I just need to get better at packaging it. Right. And that was a big click for me. And long about way of saying too, of, I realized, like I said, I was more than just someone who's behind the camera. I'm like, I need to be in front of the camera. I need to be a pillar for people because this whole social media game for so many people, I just, I see so many people quitting and I see so many people just like, ah, oh, like it's just not working. And I'm like, no, it does work. And like, I have that, I, I just have that internal fortitude of like, I, I, I want you to just go all in with it and just see that like you're one video away. And so that's where I made the switch of just like, I, I, I had gotten fed up with seeing so many people quit and complain about social that it doesn't work and Instagram saturated and all this. And I'm like, it's not, it's not like your content sucks. Cool. Let's fix it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. Like same with like, I see people dropping like flies here and there. They start a new page or whatever. Um, and to be clear, you never, when you say you were losing your audience, you never actually pivoted to, you know what, I'm going to scrap this Instagram page and I'm going to start a fresh new one because they always say like, Oh, maybe starting fresh is going to be a good, but you stuck with the same original page. Same, same page. And that's even harder. I think. Well, it is harder because at the time I had a lot of Jordan's audience, right? I had a lot of his ideal clients and people that probably wouldn't care about anything that I'm talking about. But again, I had to start, I, I'm like, I'm going to start with what I have. Maybe some people resonate, maybe they won't. And I'm like, cool. But regardless, I'm going to figure it out. I'm like, I want to keep this page. You're right to your point where it's like, oh, just let me start a new one. Right. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep this one. And what made you, uh, I mean, you clearly have like a strong mindset where you're like, 
it's very easy for someone just to quit. Why, why didn't she quit? Because I had had the hardest conversation of my life by telling my father that I don't want to be a pediatrician. And that was the easiest thing. That, that, sorry, that was the hardest thing that I ever had to do in my life. So anything else I've done after that, it's easy. In a sense of, you're not getting engagement. So, cool. Like, that's fine. And again, the other, the, I, there's literally only two alternatives in life. Keep going or quit. That's it. That's all I look at life. And that's all I look at most people. They're like, well, I'm on so I've been on social media for like three years and nothing's clicking. And do you like, no, literally, literally, man. Like I, I I get you. I I, I get you. I ask people, I'm like, what's the alternative? Do you want to just quit or keep going? And I say this to them. I'm like, if in 40 years from now, you can look your children in the eyes and say that mommy and daddy didn't give up and you're proud of that. Great. Or if you look them in the eyes and say, you know what? Like, yeah, mommy and daddy quit because it just wasn't working. Like it's never okay to quit. It's just not, I, I, I don't know. It just, I, I, and this is something that like Casey Neistat, who was a huge inspiration of mine too. Like he just doesn't feel like you should quit. Like there's just, it's never the right time to quit on anything. It's not like I only look at life as having a plan A because if you have a plan B for anything, you're going to subconsciously hold yourself back. You know why? Because it's a, it's a false safe. It's like, oh, well, I could just go back to that. And you're really not going to go full throttle on plan A. And you're going to regret it in 70 years from now because you're like, I wish I should have gone harder, but it's going to be too late. And so that's how I look at life is keep going or quit. That's facts. Uh, one thing that made me stick out, like when I, I discovered you probably like the top of the year, one thing I loved about your content was that not, not, not only just like the meeting potatoes you're giving out to your, to your audience, but also like the, I don't give a F mentality that re- I really like people like that. I appreciate it. And that's, that's all, that's my, my whole motto behind it of like, be a fucking shark. That's it. Because I, I love shark so much because in October of 2019, Tyler Babin is his name, who was Gary Vaynerchuk's videographer at the time, along with like D-Rock. Right. He made a post on Instagram on Monday that like, you know, uh, it's Monday, like sharks are getting after it and they don't care what day it is. They're just being a shark. And I'm like, I like that. I'm like, yeah, be a fucking shark. And what's funny is when I went, when I de- went and did more research, I'm like, sharks can't physically swim backwards or they die. I'm like, what a metaphor for life. I didn't I'm know like, that. <laughs> they, they, they can't, which is why if, if they have to go the other, they have to, if you have, if they have to go backwards, it's still in a forward motion though. Right. And I'm like, I love this. But when you think about a shark, right? I'm like, that is a predator who has plan A all the time. Meaning if it's hungry for something, it's going to figure it out. Right. It's like, I need to eat. Cool. I need to figure it out. And I'm like, that's how I approach everything in life with people is I'm like, you have to be a fucking shark in life, whether it's on social, whether it's in being a parent, whether it's being a business owner, whatever you have to be. You have to be. Why? Because everyone else in society and population, they're all like, and, and, and I say this, they're all like the fish that are at the base of the ocean. When you first walk in, you don't even look at them. You pay no mind to them because they're just all floating around the same. But when you see a shark fin in the water, it gets your attention. That's how you need to approach life. You need to be a fucking shark in life that people can't help but pay attention to you. 
that's a bar man spitting bars right here baby all right let's do some quick hits right now uh social media hits right now um is organic growth dead no not at all not at all i have seen i've only done organic i'm i'm on, the only reason i've grown is because organic i've not run a single ad like the only reason i've grown right now is all organic and the reason i've done so is because again i've really nailed down who i'm speaking to and also what pain points they have and then i address it in the content and the other thing too that i've done really well is lately tell better stories right and not just that but solve people's problems and do that repeatedly over and over again and you'll find the audience right or they'll find you because again the algorithms are smart the way the algorithm works especially with organic right now is if you have a video go out let's just say for example you have a video and this is like the the pool size of it right it's like this is the pool of people that it shows it to if it resonates with this pool of people let's say five out of seven, that's the majority. Cool. It's going to show it to a larger pool of people. Now it's going to show it to more people here, right? If it resonates with these people, cool. It's going to show it to larger group here and it's going to keep going. That's how a video starts to go viral, but it's because it's fed out to a group of non-followers. That's why the goal right now with your content should not be to target your current audience. It's the audience you want, which inadvertently is and should be the audience you have, right? Because you're always kind of getting new eyeballs, which is important to be continuously growing the audience to get new people to, again, if you want to sell it to them, whatever. But it's important because there's a lot of people that don't know anything about you. And when they find your content, they should be able to be like, you know what? This is exactly me. He's speaking to me. They come to your page and they're like, yep, these are all the problems that I have. Follow, right? And it's like, that's how you grow. Whether it's with hashtags, I wouldn't recommend trending audios anymore made a video about it i saw um, that i and it yeah, kind of freaked crazy. me out because i in my podcast i rely on the music on the instagram platform outside of like obviously my dialogue and i just add the music and post like or in the instagram app itself and then yeah. seeing your your post about i mean i always had a feeling that they could just wipe it out if they wanted to but i had never seen it actually done until i saw your post i'm like shit i need to reevaluate how i, cr I create my content now well, well dude i, I had i had like 30 to 40 videos all muted, but it was odd. And I made this point and I'm like, I understand if it's like a Drake song, right? Of course he can copyright it. And pull, if he wants to start pulling money from it, cool, I get it. But what was odd is I'm like, I don't just use mainstream artists. I use like artists that put up a song and it's also as an original audio, but it's just their song. And I'm like, I didn't know that classified as, it, it, it was, there was a lot of freak out. I was getting hit up a ton about that. And um, I think it was like a, I think it was a glitch a little bit, but nonetheless, I'm not relying on trending audios moving forward, but that's besides the point. And and then speaking of, um, I know you just touched on hashtags. Are hashtags like, are they still useful in 2023? Yeah, hashtags are, are still useful. I, and here's the thing. I think everything's useful still. Whether it's hashtags, I think trending audios, they could still be useful. Sure, you could reach new eyeballs with it, right? But I think if you're depending on those things, no, right? I think hashtags are great to follow like Gary Vee's $1.80 strategy, which is a great method for just connecting with new eyeballs and connecting with new people. But no, hashtags are not dead. And I think hashtags still have power because I rank on certain hashtags too for like social media marketing or social media growth. Uh, you know, and any smaller hashtags within that, I still rank and my content ranks highly within there. So that still holds power. But that should not be a blanket for people to hide under where it's like, well, you know, the hashtag just didn't work in this post. But then I go to your post and I'm like, this makes no sense, right? Focus on the content, the actual quality of the content, not that it's filmed in 4K, 
but that the actual message within the content is the best that it could possibly be. What are uh, content creators doing nowadays uh, that's keeping them from growing on social media? What are like specific things that you see that, that you could like, man, if they could do this or they could do that, then their page could grow a little bit more in a, in a faster rate. Number one, I think they're relying too heavily on trending captions, meaning the Hormozy style fonts or the Hormozy style captions, right? If something already has a name, it's too saturated and you're late to it because you're going to blend in with everyone else. Much like I talked about the whole shark analogy, no one's going to pay attention to you because it worked for Alex in the beginning because it was new, because it got you to pay attention. But also why it works is because Alex Hermosi is great at telling stories. He's also great at relating to other situations he's had in his life. And I think most people right now, like I said, they hide behind the hashtags to be the cover-up the, or the, the trending audio didn't work or the uh, the, 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 the video, some, some other excuse that they want to make and, or like the, the captions. Right. And I'm like, that is as if you're putting sprinkles on shitty ice cream, right? Because guess what? I can have vanilla ice cream on its own and it's going to be great. If I want to add rainbow sprinkles and chocolate sprinkles, which I put like seven different sprinkles on, it's going to be even more amazing. But regardless, the vanilla ice cream on its own, still great. That's the exact same premise you need to have with your content. Your content should be like frozen yogurt or ice cream that on its own, it's great. When you add the toppings, the hashtags, the trending audio, the captions, all the little sprinkles on top, the toppings, it'll amplify it. But I've seen people who would do none of the latter stuff of the sprinkles and their content crushes. Why? Because the message behind it is so good. Because the energy that comes out within them in the video the audience can feel that so much. I'm telling you, and I know people overlook this and they think it's so woo-woo. People can feel your energy within content. They can feel it. They can sniff it out because human beings, we are energetically aligned with the entire earth and whatever that is that you put out on social, people, people can just tell if it's pure or not. And I think most people are just either trying to fake it on social media right now, which they get exposed. They buy followers because they're insecure. They're insecure about it. They hide the fucking likes on their Instagram because they're worried about someone coming to their page and being worried about how many, what, what their like to comment ratio is, whatever, all this, all this bullshit they don't care about. And I'm like, why? I'm like, if you just put out the best content possible and just try to help one single person, whether that was entertaining them, inspiring them, giving them a reason to be aspirational, educate them on something, all of your problems would be solved, but yet everyone else is just focused on all the other stuff that doesn't matter. And that's why they lose. You just touched upon, um, hiding likes and, uh, I have a mixed feeling about hiding likes, but I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on it. Like, do you think that specific feature for Instagram, is that a healthy route that Instagram's doing or is there more to it? The argument behind hiding likes was it should be an incentive to create more to where you don't worry about the likes. If it wasn't about the likes in the first place, you would just create. I've seen more creators not take action because on the back end, they can see how many likes they're getting or not. So it doesn't matter if you put it to others. So you can front facingly look at it as if like, I don't care how many people like my stuff, but on the back end, you see how many likes you get. And that's going to determine whether you take action or not. So it was never about the likes being front facing for other people to see because you're always going to see it no matter what. 
And if it really wasn't an argument about, well, likes don't matter, so it's okay to hide it as a as a way to amplify creating more. Like, I I, I have the argument of like, Mr. Beast didn't give a shit about subscribers for seven years. It took him seven years to get a thousand subscribers. Seven. There's this kid called uh, Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD on YouTube. He uploaded a hundred videos and only had 75 subscribers. What I'm getting at is they don't attach themselves to the numbers. That's why they're so successful. Everyone else attaches themselves to a follower count or a like amount. I'm I'm probably gonna cross 100k followers on Instagram this weekend. Like hey, congrats, that's gonna be way. so fucking cool. But you know what, man? I don't care. You know why? Because I'm gonna be the exact same Enrico when I'm at a million. The exact same. Because it wasn't. It was never about 100k. Because everyone else looks at it as like I'm gonna. I want to hit. Like I, I had. A, I hit 100k on TikTok like a while ago. Cool. But I'm like still gonna show up as me, right? I can't wait to the day I get a YouTube plaque for the 100k whenever that comes. But I'm like I'm still gonna show up as me. You know why? Because it was never about the result. It's never about the result. And so many people worry about the result. They worry about oh this post got a thousand likes, so it was a good post. Well then, what happens if the next one gets 50? Then what? And that's the issue that I have with hiding the likes. Yeah, uh, I mean, even going doing a little deep dive on your on your social media prior to this call, like you have YouTube videos from like seven years ago with like barely cracking a hundred like a hundred views, not even necessarily likes, like views. And the fact that you still stuck with it in twenty twenty three, that I mean, clearly shows that you mean what you say. Yeah, but, well, dude, because you, you know why, man, and, and I, I hope I hope. This really, really connects with someone. I really hope it does. Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. He took over 30,000 shots in his career. Not all of them went, went in. But think about it. Think about how many shots he took in practice that didn't go in. Think about how many shots he took for the Olympic USA, te USA team. Think about all the times he put up shots that didn't go in. But he still stepped up to the line to take a shot. Derek Jeter. Stepped up to the base every single time. He had over 12,000 at-bats. You want to know how many times he made contact with the ball? 30% of the time. Now imagine if you showed up to social media and you're like, 30% of the time it's going to be a hit. And oh, by the way, like a single is what I'm considering a hit. Not even a home run, but like a hit. But what most people do is it needs to be 100% of the time. Every time I show up, it needs to be a viral video or this doesn't work. It's unrealistic. It is unrealistic. And you know what? Derek Jeter still made the Hall of Fame. Would you consider his career a failure if he only hit 30% of the time? No. So stop doing that with your content. And guess what? Derek Jeter, like I said, he stepped up 12,000 times to the plate. Every single time you make a post, you are stepping up to the plate. It is unreasonable for you to look at your content and be like, this is going to be a home run every single time. Because guess what? It probably isn't going to be a home run. And that's okay. You could take that as feedback as, okay, you know what? What could I have done better this, this next time? And as long as you're getting 1% better in each video, how can I make that better? 100 videos from now, you'll be 100% better than where you were 100 videos ago. Right? And it's just like, most people just get so fixated on, well, this post didn't do well. Why bother? You just took an at-bat. That's it. The only way you will lose this social media game 
The only way you will lose is the day you stop fucking stepping up to the plate. And if you stop stepping up to the plate, I want you to remember that is selfish of you because you're letting your team down. You're letting the people that need your fucking help and you're letting your family and your future children down. Just keep stepping up to the plate. I love it. As we're wrapping up, man, as we're wrapping up, if you, I know you're dropping a lot of bars, a lot of tips, uh, but, I appreciate if you, it. <laughs> but if you could think about, uh, 2023, uh, just like quick five social media tips that you could think of for 2023. Number one, get it on long form channel. So if you don't have a podcast or YouTube, you have a podcast, great podcasting, YouTube massive. Why? Because it's more time with people. Time is going to be the asset for you to garner trust and more attention. Number two, I would say is get really good at writing. And what I mean by writing is Twitter, threads, LinkedIn, right? Written content. The main reason is because if you can write something in X amount of characters or less, excuse me, you will be able to communicate that on video a lot more clearly. And going to my next point, short form video, reels, TikTok, like that's important in today's age because every other channel has that. Like YouTube, that was a long form platform for 18 years, has shorts now. So clearly it's an asset that is huge. So if you can communicate a message in a long form video, strip that for short form, strip that for written content, you're golden. Number four, stop looking at the algorithm and start looking at the audience. I've spoken about this, about this multiple times. The audience is the algorithm. Meaning if your content isn't doing well or it doesn't hit, the audience didn't like it. Maybe the audience didn't resonate with it. Maybe there was a message there that the audience just was like, this doesn't apply to me. Cool. Well, can we make a better piece of content to target the audience or to target the audience that you do want? And this also comes out with understanding of who am I actually trying to talk to? There's so many people, man. And this is for anyone listening, like 99% of your problems will be solved. And I'm not saying they would be. I'm saying they will be solved with what content to make and how to show up on social media when you know who you're talking to, when you know what they do from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, all the things they say to themselves, all the things that they're doing, all the things that they're not doing, all of that, that will solve 99% of your problems. So get hyper clear on that. And number five, I'm going to say it, just be a fucking shark on social, in life, whatever that is, ruthlessly and consistently show up and relentlessly. If you really want to make this social thing work, you want to, you really want to make Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of it works. You don't work. If you really want to make it work, you have to put in equal, if not more effort than what it actually is required. Meaning start by having one more conversation with someone, reach out to them, start by posting one more video today. Start by understanding one better problem you can solve. All these little things, but just start with one more and it compounds. I vividly remember um, when I first saw your post, it was literally on my Explorer feed and I saw a post that resonated with me and it was, and it was a text post as well. And I put it in my story and, and at, it, at, this, at this moment, I didn't know that that feature was a thing where you could actually see when people repost on their own stories. Yeah. And you went out of your way to DM me and say, hey, dude, appreciate for reposting me. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this guy gave a fuck this much to like go out of his way and send me a DM. And I, then I saw your page and I'm like, worth the follow, worth the follow. I that little extra that. step that you did is what kind of hooked me even more.
I appreciate that. And and dude, that, that, that goes so overlooked. Cause I'm just like, that for me is just connecting with other human beings. Like be a, like it's social media, be social. Like if, if, if someone were to share like a, a referral for like to you in, in real life and business, and like, it wasn't via social, you'd be like, Oh, thank you so much. Like, or they'd share your artwork with like, I don't know, you'd thank them. And it's like the exact same thing. Just thank them. Have a conversation. There's another human being with it. And if you just treat everyone like a human being and not like a follower amount or a dollar amount, that'll take you further than anywhere else. Ever since that, man, I've been applying that that little strategy to like my own podcast. And like if someone reshares it, I always go out of my way, at least give it a heart, give it a, a nice little feedback response. You make That's what I'm saying is like make them feel like the most special person in the world deliberately. I love that, man. Enrico, dude, it's it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, man. For any of you guys that want to connect with Enrico, uh, his link will be in the description, his Instagram and his, and his YouTube channel as well. I highly recommend you give it a follow if you want to learn about the social media game because this guy has bars about how to, how to make it work, man. Enrico, dude, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it.